Yeah, que lo que. What's up? Hey. What's going on, ladies? What is up? We back again. <laughs> this is Tim. I brought my friends Francesca and Ashlyn. Hey. <laughs> um. So these ladies are some friends that I've known for quite a while. Uh, we all kind of went to school around the same time, whether it's high school or college. Uh, and right now they're, you know, in their field of medicine, which is crazy because you guys mm -hmm. are just getting in there. And obviously we're in the middle of a pandemic. So I wanted to bring you two, two together to obviously, you know, meet each other and then just touch base on what's going on. Um, so if either of you want to kind of like introduce yourself and just, you know, give a little background of, you know, maybe school or what you're doing now, that'd be great. Whichever one of you wants to go first. Uh, I can start. Okay. Um, so okay. hi, guys. My name is Ashlyn. Um, I currently work as a medical technologist, but um, I do less lab work now and more data analytics with it, if that makes any sense. But um, yeah, so it's a different aspect, I guess, of the medical field. Um, I have my bachelor's degree from Penn State in um, biological sciences. So we out here. And then I also have my minor in women's studies. So big contrast there. But <laughs> yeah, that's about it. And I'm Dominican. So shout yeah. out. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Yeah, that's it. Is it my turn? Yeah. <laughs> um, so my name's Francesca. I went to Syracuse. I got my bachelor's. Originally, I wanted to become a speech therapist at the time. So I did study communication disorders, but I ended up having a change in um, gears like my junior year, and I decided I wanted to do nursing. But Syracuse didn't have nursing. So I finished my bachelor's um, and applied to Columbia. I got my master's. And I became a nurse and I just became a nurse practitioner last year. And I just got my doctorate in nursing. So I'm done with school for the rest of my life. <laughs> but um, yeah, so right now I currently work as a pediatric nurse practitioner. Um, I'm in like a weird job transition right now. I started off in a private office. Uh, I just left that job. I'm right now working at a COVID testing site. And then from there, I'm going to kind of do COVID testing and also be working in a school-based health, which uh, you know, who knows how that's going to go. <laughs> yeah, right. So, yeah. Out of the fire, out of the frying pan into the fire. That's really, that's really what it's been like, you know, since like mm -hmm. what, March now that they locked us down and everything. Right. Yeah. All right. Um, I mean, for me personally, I, I, I'm obviously not in the medical field, but just having to be home and I, I'm in the sports field, you know, I'm a sports management major from William Patterson here in Jersey. And, we we shut down like we're there was nothing going on we got a little bit of glimpse of hope with like the bubble the nba bubble some sports coming back but with all the civil unrest not just the pandemic stuff it's looking real real dark and right. um even like looking online and stuff to to reapply to other jobs and stuff like that it's you you literally see the disclaimers of saying like it's dependent on when we can open you know cuz it's all mm -hmm. varying state to state Right. So obviously we're all in a in a pickle, so to speak. But um, how have you guys felt about the pandemic being so early in your careers? Like how how did how did that affect you once it like once it hit? I think for me, 
people always think like, oh, you work in the medical field, you're good. But I actually was collecting partial unemployment at one point because, um, you know, it's a private office. People didn't want to bring their kids in to have a visit for what? I'm putting my kid at risk for COVID, right? So patients were canceling. I went from working every day to working half days. I had to use vacation time. Then I was working every, you know, five half days to one half day a week. And so I'm like, whoa, this is crazy. So I literally was like jobless, um, collecting partial unemployment for about a month or so. And then that's when I was called for the COVID site. Yeah, so I had probably the a similar experience. So my, I work for a private lab and we're not used to testing for COVID. I don't think anybody mm. would have been prepared yeah. for a brand new virus. So basically at first it was just like a lot of confusion. So we took a pay cut because they didn't want to furlough anyone. So we got, we took a pay cut of like 30%. And um, I had, I, I guess I had hope that it wouldn't had, it wouldn't last that long. So I didn't get to apply for unemployment. But now looking back at it, I probably should have, but uh, <laughs> we good. But um, then it was just like the rush, like who's gonna, so, I mean, at that time, Jersey and New York was hit really bad. Mm-hmm. So I think that there was this, this rush within private labs and public labs in Jersey just to like get a test and then get it like approved through like the state of Jersey and New York so we could test as many people as possible kind of like the um gold rush but like literally with testing so um luckily one of like my my lab that I work for was one of like the first few labs that got approved for like COVID testing so literally from that moment on it was just crazy like we were just getting hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of like different like um clients and like different areas just receiving constant constant like COVID tests like it got to a point where we basically stopped doing everything else that we do and just did COVID testing I mean, it's like evened out now, especially now since like, you know, everything isn't as crazy, but at first it was really overwhelming. So Mm -hmm. I guess that switch from not knowing that I was essential became extremely apparent in that time. Yeah. Yo, that's huge. Like that whole finding out you're an essential worker, like. Yeah. (laughs) The list was long. (laughs) (laughs) Right. Oh, they need me. I need to show up. That's crazy. But shout out to uh, New York and New Jersey because that's a uh, uh, friend. You still in the Bronx, right? Yeah. Uh, yeah. So we, we're represented right now and we started off real, real hot. But now it's looking yeah. like we're like one of the the clean spots. I wouldn't say clean spots because we got like still thousands of cases and stuff mm-hmm. coming through. But um, shout out to that turnaround. You know, it's, it's looking right. like we're, we're helping people at least stay safer. Right. Um, I'm not I'm not sure how factual anything is i don't think anybody knows how, yeah like, it's a how, big unknown yeah right? right it's like we don't know how precise any of that stuff is we know the testing is good but you know we don't know if we can catch it again i heard something like and then with all the new stuff they're saying that you, it's possible that you can catch it again now or something like that and then the antibody testing i personally mm-hmm. have no idea about any of this stuff so you know but um how do you guys feel like your respective um states have handled it like as far as the initial reaction to now where we are right now. So um, I guess on our behalf, speaking for Jersey, um, I feel like shout out to New York because I feel like <laughs> Murphy 
was not putting his foot down I feel like the way that he could have mm-hmm. at first and I feel like he was kind of following the footsteps like let's see what New York does and we'll follow them so luckily I think Cuomo was able to get shit done and I feel like with that being said like that was able to reflect on like Jersey and like mm-hmm. Connecticut and like the surrounding areas and not only that New York was like basically the epicenter of like this yeah. outbreak from the beginning so although I feel like there's definitely a lot of things that could have been done earlier and it wouldn't have been as bad but at least shit was done like where mm-hmm. we, New York has not seen like the uptick in like cases like all these other states are seeing like basically Mm -hmm. like second waves of like outbreaks like I don't think that we've seen that yet so I mean as for Jersey I think we're doing okay do I think we could have done better definitely but I think we're all right for now (laughs) yeah for now yeah I think I mean I think Cuomo did a really good job in New York like given I mean when you look at the numbers like going from there were like thousands of people admitted into the hospital. We needed right. a whole ship brought to have extra beds. Like, and now literally, I think we had our lowest um, numbers of, I think the the infection rate a couple of days ago was like 0.6% or something. Like it's, so it's been below 1% the whole time, which is really good. Um, and they're good about the testing sites. Like there is testing sites in every single borough they like gathered a whole bunch of like nurse practitioners, nurses, registration people, and just put them all throughout, like under the New York city hospitals. So they're really targeting a lot of places and they're looking where there's upticks. If there's like a slight uptick, they'll put more testing centers in that neighborhood to kind of just get the numbers right. Mm -hmm. They've also um, put out, so my site was kind of slow in the beginning when we first opened because no one really knew that we were there. And then they started doing rapid testing. Um, so what they did was a, apparently there's only like 14 machines in the whole state and they gave us like eight at the time and then only had four, but the test gives you a result in 15 minutes. Wow. So people were lining up, like we would have like over 150 people lining up to get tested because either they needed it for work or a lot of people started traveling. So they needed it for travel, things like mm-hmm. that. Um, the only thing with the rapid testing, it's not a hundred percent accurate. So we would have to swab people twice so that the rapid, you'll get your result. But if you're positive, you're positive. But if you're negative, there's like a chance it might be positive. So we'll send the second swab to a lab. Yeah. Um, but now they moved it, I think to Brooklyn and then they're going to come back to the Bronx again. So they try to target like neighborhoods where they think, you know, need it the most. And then they're going to just, I guess, measure the sensitivity and specificity of the test and see if it's good and then I don't know build more machines or whatever but I think they did a good job I don't know how it's gonna look for the fall I don't know with this outdoor schooling and stuff who knows but I think for the most part we're in an okay place right so for me personally my mom is a nurse assistant here in Perthamboy so I got to see it like maybe what would you say third hand maybe because it's not even Mm -hmm. like second hand I'm not there but from the time that they started admitting people, she would just come home drained every day. She would tell me about how many cases would come in. She would be like, it's hundreds. Like, they had to shut down certain floors, yeah. floors that had nothing to do with, like, like medical, like, as far as testing or anything like that. Like, uh, mm-hmm. or it would be like a, 
I think they had to move the whole ICU unit, everything. Mm-hmm. They had to rearrange the whole hospital just to be able to take in that influx of people. And, um, you know, you already in a hospital, you already have people who are already there and they're kind of like just uh, admitted. And, you know, they had to make sure that those people were safe and never caught anything. She said even some of those people who were admitted and had no contact with people started popping up positive. Mm-hmm. So she was just like so scared of everything and she was so worried. And then as things started calming down, I want to say around May or June a little bit, once it, once it got hotter out, she said she would tell me, all right, there was only three people. There was only one person. There's nobody new. We actually let a couple people go. So, okay. like, that was kind of a relief. But then she told she hasn't been at work the past week, but she was telling me that she started getting more people to come in after getting tested that were positive. And then, mm-hmm. like, they would get the antibody test. And she, she was, like, she was so scared that the doctors are saying that there's going to be a whole second wave and all of that. Mm-hmm. And that shit is, is mind-blowing to me because – it's like we ready we already had so much time to kind of get ahead of it but at the same mm-hmm. time you know in the same fashion that we had so much positive reaction we had a lot of people who were just like negligent of it completely negligent and kind of ignorant to the fact that we were in the middle of a pandemic and they were just going out like my favorite uh quote was like in the middle of a pandemic every time <laughs> i would see somebody out on like instagram i'm just like in the middle of a pandemic you really need to be smoking hookah like that's so crazy. crazy. I, yeah, crazy. like I don't, I don't understand. Even that. traveling, I didn't. I mean, like to each his own. But I'm just like you're going somewhere where these places have limited resources, and you know, like I think being on a plane is super high risk. Like whether or not the air is exchanged, you're still sitting somewhere for a certain period of time, and you know the droplets are small. It's just a lot to think about. Like I don't know. Yeah, and you don't know if the person next to you got tested. All you know is, like, uh, the temperature because they, they, they've mm-hmm. been doing the temperature guns. But, yeah, I, I barely – so since we got quarantined in March, I barely went out at all up till like, June where I started actually going out. Besides, like, the obvious, like, like Walmart runs or something like that to get stuff that I needed or, like, maybe food or something like that. Mm-hmm. I I was home. I didn't even see friends. I didn't see my girlfriend. I didn't see anybody. Like it until summer hit, I didn't do anything. I was even supposed to go to Florida for about 2 weeks and I canceled that cuz my brother down there had gotten heart surgery when he was 13. So he's he's already at risk. So mm-hmm. I didn't even want to take the chance cuz I knew I was clean and I was like, you know, I was home. I didn't I wasn't having contact with anybody, but I didn't want to take the chance of just getting on a plane and bringing it or, or catching it, even if I didn't get it there, maybe on the way back, like it was just too many variables to even think about it. I just now went to see my cousin in New York and that's the first time that I've like left the state and got like, what's it's, that's like six months. And there's been people right now on vacation and stuff. I mean, and like you said, to each their own, but couldn't be me, man. Nope. I can speak on that because I kind of was like, yo, fuck this. I'm going to just go somewhere. So my, I mean, so me and my boyfriend, um, we've been dating for like five years and like we do long distance, which really sucks. Mm. So he lives um, down in North Carolina, which is like a hotspot state. So what we usually do is like every month, either he'll come here or I'll go over there. But given COVID and given that I'm like kind of high risk, I'm like, I don't, I didn't want to travel. But then it got to a point where I'm like, I'm over it. 
I have to go. It's been six months. Like, I have not seen my man. This is crazy. So I literally booked the flight and I went. But I was freaking out the entire time. Yeah. Panicking. (laughs) And then I guess through that experience, like, I saw, like, the big difference in, like, how things are being handled here and how things are being handled there. Like, once we got there, like, like everything that we did consisted of like either outdoor dining or like we stayed in an Airbnb, which I was like freaked out about, but like there was nobody there. It was just like a house, but, but still it was just like a lot of like panicking even before I'm like, well, I'm going to get tested before I go. I'm going to get tested when I come Mm -hmm. back and I'm going to get tested like again. And luckily I'm fine. I hope, I think, (laughs) but, but (laughs) like, knock on wood, knock on wood, you good. No, right. But I feel like, I guess like, if you're going to travel, I think I did it the right way, but Mm. it was still like a lot. Like it was just a lot. Like even like, well, one, like getting through security, they did not take my temperature. That's one. Two, when you get to the airport, like I was crazy. I'm crazy. I'm like a COVID Nazi. Like, like my friends like are over me, but I literally had like two masks on and like a face shield. But like there was people at the airport without any face coverings just like eating because there's no mandate for masks in airports which I did not know that's crazy there's no mandates for like maybe I'm speaking like wrongly but I saw plenty of people without masks at the airport like when they're in their seats not like when they're trapped like moving around but still like that's a lot on the airplane um like masks are like mandated but unless you're eating or drinking which doesn't make any sense to me even though they're not serving anything, but if I wanted to pull open, let's say some snacks, like I could just take off my mask, which doesn't make any sense to me as well. And then North Carolina was like a whole different ball field. I was like, this too much, (laughs) (laughs) this too much. Like me and my boyfriend went like bike riding and there was like people in like congregating in like lines to get into bars and stuff. Cause everything is pretty much open, open. I'm like, this is like this is crazy I'm like people I mean it seems like people like people are wearing masks and stuff I guess now because my boyfriend told me at the beginning that it like they weren't but like it's still like a lot like bars and stuff and everything is still open so it's like it seemed normal like life just seemed normal there like which is such a big difference in contrast to like here I just Mm -hmm. feel like even though now it seems like there's some sense of normalcy because I don't know if it's either because we gotten we have gotten used to like this lifestyle or just because you know like outdoor dining and like people going to the beach and stuff like that doing more outdoor things so maybe it seems a little bit more normal but like there was like different I was like this is like pre-COVID normal this is not the normal that (laughs) like I I like (laughs) Yeah, so it was it was crazy. I don't know if I would do it again anytime soon, but yeah, yeah, it's a lot. It's a lot. It's a it's a lot of things to like think about, especially like I don't know. I don't live alone, so that was like a big thing. Like I think it's one thing for me to be selfish for myself, but for me to be selfish and not like have this conversation with the people that you live with mm-hmm. is also a big thing. But yeah, it was crazy. Zero out of ten. Don't recommend. <laughs> yeah so i I think that the psychological part of it is is huge like i think i would do the same thing if i had to go somewhere get tested before you go get tested when you get there get tested when you come back wear a bunch of masks make sure you have hella sanitizer you know just as much as you can you know and 
it's funny because the first couple times I went out and I had my mask on, I felt like I was robbing somebody. I was like, what the hell? Why is why am I why am I wearing this mask? But then you start seeing everybody else with it. It's like, oh, okay, this is just what we're doing. And then, right. you know, now you see somebody without a mask and you're judging them. You're like, what the hell? Yeah. Are you being dirty for it? Put your mask on. <laughs> People judging. take selfies on their, like, some of my friends, they'll put, like, a selfie on their story and they'll be, it'll be, like, without the mask. And they'll be like, no one was near me. I have my mask in my hand. It's in my purse. <laughs> Or they'll take pictures with their friends and they're like, we had masks on before this picture. I'm like, dang, you really have to like explain yourself. If you cough, you have to explain yourself. It is, yo, the allergy season is bad. My allergies have been on a thousand yes. and I feel like every time I clear my throat, I have to like look around and sure <laughs> no one's judging me. Like, girl, this thing is crazy. Like, but it also makes you think about stuff we should have been doing, right? Like, the MTA trains should have been cleaned a long time ago, deep cleaning. The We should get hand sanitizer at a restaurant. Like, it's like little things that should have already been instilled. But, I mean, I guess there's, like, good and bad that comes from it. Right. Yeah. It, it, I think it's it's literally, it goes back to regular hygiene. Like, yeah. everything that we're using to kind of, like, protect ourselves is stuff that everybody should have been doing. It's like, right. wash your hands. Don't sneeze on people. Don't be touching random things without washing your hands after or using sanitizer. Don't touch right. your hands and face and ear. Like, it's it's just, it's a bunch of basic stuff that could have saved us. But, you know, everybody has their opinion. Yeah. And especially here, there's, there's 50 states with 50 different governors. And it's just like everybody. That's the problem. Right? Right. We're like 50 different countries in Seriously. a little, like, in my opinion, because... I'm like, you look at these other places, they completely shut down and things were okay. Right. People, look, you saw that that um, picture in Wuhan, China? Yeah, yeah the they were out party. here partying. Yeah, partying. <laughs> There's like, yeah, we started it, but we good. Yeah. Like, what? Be us. what? Couldn't That's be us. Crazy. We still struggling. Like, we literally, it's about to be, school is starting. And we got a bunch of kids and a bunch of parents who don't know what to do with themselves. Like, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. you got, you don't, there's not even indoor dining and you got your kids in school, you know? And then yeah. on top of that, that's like the epicenter for most sicknesses. Like, every time there's a flu that goes around, stomach virus, any of that, school. it starts at a school and it comes to your home. Like, it's 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 literally been what's happened throughout my whole life. Like, mm-hmm. as soon as one of my siblings gets sick, it's like, all right, well, now just take your vitamins or something because it's probably you're probably gonna catch it, you know. And yeah. now now we got something that's like super dangerous, and you're still sending everybody back to school, you know. So I'm like I don't I'm baffled by how we're handling this period because yeah. we could have had an action plan. We had three months to figure out the whole school thing, mm-hmm. you know. But nobody knows when shit just hits the fan like it did. Yeah, yeah. So I've been actually like telling my well telling my friends like about this like a lot so um a lot of the people I guess in my friend group I mean not necessarily that everyone works in like medicine but we all kind of work in like intertwined careers if that makes sense so one of my good friends is like a teacher and um she worked she works in the Bronx and um the Bronx is a very congested place a very very Mm -hmm. congested place and um, her school had rolled out, um, they start school, I think, next week or in two weeks. And they had rolled out, well, they had a plan, well, they have a plan 
and it consisted of hybrid learning and mm-hmm. she's like ash like well she's 25 years old she's like i'm scared for like my life like just being the idea of being in a room with all these kids in an already congested like area in an already overpopulated school like mm-hmm. i just don't see how that's going to like go well and i think it's one thing that i feel like we haven't like even though you know some places are returning to i guess this new normalcy we haven't done anything to stop the pandemic like zero yeah. like nothing like yeah we have more testing which is great because we're able to realize you know figure out who's sick and who's not or who can spread it and, and who can't but we've done zero to stop like the pandemic like luckily you know it's the summertime so we're able to distance ourselves better and you know people have been staying home so hopefully for the most part and you know things are still shut down but there's literally zero cure like there's nothing so this is bound to come back when other sicknesses like the flu and cold season and all this stuff like upticks again so um it's just really scary she she made a point that I guess I never thought about for whatever reason and she's like how am I gonna know when I'm in school and a kid let's say gets the flu or has a cold and whatever he comes in how am I gonna know that he doesn't have COVID and mm-hmm. he just has like the flu or the cold or something like that like how are you going to be able to differentiate that and then do I now have to quarantine if I come in contact with someone who has the flu because we don't have rapid testing or yeah. stuff like that so it's just like a big question mark like how how is that going to work how is there how can you realistically send kids back to school without an actual plan like I just feel like it's not feasible yeah like are you gonna pay those people to quarantine for 14 days and then if they get it again and she explained to me at least in their plan where the kids aren't rotating classes but the teachers are so Mm -hmm. she's like let's say I'm in a room with a kid that has COVID and then now I go to another room so do all those kids have to quarantine and then myself and then those kids have to quarantine yeah that's crazy it's just I just don't see the purpose of it yeah it's it's crazy and I I'm I mean I'm not maybe like an a more I guess advanced medical professional like you but (laughs) (laughs) but like I just as a, a a citizen just thinking about it like yeah it's insane like I cannot think of a way where this would work unless we're putting kids in a bubble like the NBA <laughs> like there's no way and it's hard because when it comes to remote learning there's a lot of like people who have to physically go to work so how right. can they help their kid like and then it's kind of it's just it's a whole systemic thing like yeah there needs to be like people getting paid monthly you know just to have enough money because they're not working in their home teaching their kids like it's just it's crazy it's a lot of things that I guess we didn't realize connect like school being the biggest babysitter basically like Mm -hmm. think about that or how a lot of parents like Hispanics and Blacks can't not can't work from home they have to be some people don't have wi-fi wi-fi or I just saw a picture of these two little kids like by um like a cafe or something because they're getting the wi-fi from like the restaurant or whatever right right that's crazy and then on top of this all we have hurricanes and stuff (laughs) so it's just a mess 
like there's just so many different like barriers I had tweeted Mm -hmm. yesterday that given the storm yesterday that environmental racism was gonna start you know we were gonna see it pan out but like all these different types of institutionalized like bias prejudice racism and like we're seeing that now with this pandemic I think even more so because we're seeing like how limited or I guess like yeah so how limited our resources have been or like how much thought or little thought has been put into like all these situations and how they are intertwined and affect each other it's crazy (laughs) yeah exactly it's like um all of the low-income areas and you know mostly minority populated areas are the ones that you're saying are like have to send their kids to outside a cafe because they can't even go inside the cafe to get wi-fi you Mm -hmm. know and then we have those same parents who are probably all essential workers that cannot work from home like it's just not possible for them to work from home so now if you have kids who are under the age of like 10 because i feel like if you're 10 years old and older maybe you can stay home or if you have somebody like you know watch you but if you have kids under that age it's like what do you do how do you how do you handle that and that's something that i feel like was supposed to be the school's responsibility you know like i feel like there's a lot of plans that the school could have came up with to maybe have a, a setup where you already knew in March when you send all your students home that you, you have another year coming up. Like maybe you have it set up where you stagger your students coming in from semester to semester or quarter to quarter, where it's like you, you survey those parents who can't afford to have their kids miss that first semester, you know, because they don't, they don't know what to do with childcare or anything like that. And maybe you have them come in first and then, the, the next semester, then you have them, you know, go back home and stuff, giving those parents ample time to figure out a strategy to at least, you know, cope with it. But it seemed like schools, I mean, I'm speaking from the experience of working in a school previously, and my girlfriend is also a teacher, and she's kind of, like, giving me, like, the steps of what the, her school has been doing. Like, right now they're doing all remote for the first, like, two to three weeks. And then they're going to go in and do like a, ro- a rotating schedule. But at the same time that, like you said, it, it, that does nothing because at the end of the day, you don't know where these kids have been all summer. You mm-hmm. don't know if if they come in, you know, with, with the flu or, you know, a head cold. And you don't know if that's COVID or not. Um, mm-hmm. You can't necessarily force them to get tested. You know, there's so many like restrictions and barriers that it's literally putting the teachers at risk without you know, any plan to compensate them. Like, like Franny was saying, like, what happens if you get sick? Are you, does that count as, you know, paid time off? Do you get any type of benefits? Do you still have to teach when you're quarantined, even if you're not um, showing all these sick. symptoms mm-hmm. badly? Mm-hmm. Like it's so many questions that could have been at least discussed and planned for in these past months that I feel like they just came in the last couple of weeks and were just like, you know what, let's just, let's just try to do something, you know? So, it's very weird to see happen, and mm-hmm. I don't feel too optimistic about it, but we're yeah. just going to have to go through it, I guess, you know? In New York, they want to do outdoor learning in the city, it's gonna but it's cold. like, what's going to happen when it's winter? Yeah. <laughs> like, or some schools don't even have a yard, so where are you putting these kids? Or what if the school's in a bad neighborhood? It's just Yeah, have the kids right on the crazy. block, like, what? <laughs> right. You know, and a lot of these schools, 
Oh, well, no, no, good. Uh, a lot of these schools are scrambling to come up with ideas because mm-hmm. even the school district here in Amboy, my so my mom, she works two part time. So she works kind of like as a teaching assistant. And then she also works at a daycare. So she does a little bit of both. And she's I mean, through her, I've seen like how the system is like not going to work. And um, load basically. Oh, can you repeat that you kind of cut off it's because it's raining (laughs) (laughs) i heard the thunder i'm like oh my god but um no yeah so as of like last week they pretty much furloughed anyone that's not like a teacher or a counselor and they're gonna do remote learning but this all comes of one a week and a half before school starts so like i feel like that's not enough time to give like especially like people within our community mostly working class like um like people or citizens um the time to figure out what the hell they're gonna do for the next like three four six months so it's a mess I don't know I don't know I can't yeah I don't know I think the most concerning part to me is that it's coming from the top down like what were these boards like the board of education what were they doing like you, all you summer knew, you, yeah you knew all this stuff was coming you know but you're gonna want us to go vote for you when election comes you're gonna get real pretty for those pictures right like it, i don't know it just it makes me question the leadership but that's neither here nor there and that's a whole nother podcast we can get into <laughs> yeah <laughs> definitely definitely <laughs> um but i mean with all things said when do you think that like things will start getting better like when do you think it'll be you'll feel safe to actually go out, participate, or that, like, you can go out without a mask or something like that? I think a mask (laughs) is going to be used for a long time. Even if COVID magically disappears, I think people are going to still use the mask. I don't, I can't even picture myself in a bar. Like, Mm -hmm. it's, like, weird, but I think, I don't know, because we're not even done with our first wave, so there is no second wave it's just gonna be the first wave getting worse um maybe 2022 to be like fully eradicated but you're still wearing a mask and being cautious who knows i mean i have no idea yeah because 2021 is too close that's like in four months couple months months, yeah right i don't know i i don't know i think i might have to go with 2022 too because well one um so i've been keeping track with some of like the i mean like i like reading medical journals and stuff like that's like a thing that i like to do (laughs) yeah but um i've been trying to keep up with like all these companies that are another basically the gold rush too to like basically find a vaccine for um for this for covid and um although for like the most part like i was reading moderna some of their results like preliminary results um They've been good, but it's like now we have to have a whole nother conversation or like with that anti-vaxxer movement and also mm-hmm. not even that, like also like the mistrust of like our communities, communities of color. Are people actually going to go out there and get this vaccine once it's here? Like the U.S. is investing like millions, hundreds of thousands of dollars in like all these companies to have these vaccines out as soon as possible. Which, by the way, the, this would be, like, the fastest any any vaccine in, like, basically the history of all time that it has been um, 
a vaccine basically has been created and like you expect the already like skeptical community like not just people of color literally everybody like i wouldn't even get it right to now and go (laughs) get the vaccine so it's like that's why i i just feel like there's no winning with this like there's like so many intersectional i guess problems (laughs) so it's not just become like just another flu kind of you know like oh COVID season or whatever I mean it sucks because it's still very prevalent even now so you know it's not like the flu where like in the in the summer it's not really um that prevalent but could just become like oh well you got to be careful right I don't know because the only way for us to fully like airtight like lock it down is to literally shut down the entire like no interstate traveling like which they're not gonna do so yeah if i i said this from the beginning and i know tim can like speak for me because my tweets were wild (laughs) at the beginning of the pandemic but that was literally what i said i'm like we need to basically shut down the u.s even if it's for like a month but four weeks six weeks really that's all we need tell everyone to wear a mask if you're gonna go out shut down everything that's non-essential keep people home basically find people if they're on the streets like not complying and we could have eradicated this like literally like three months ago mm-hmm. like there's no other way unless it's either that or we wait which is what we're doing now and I feel like if it didn't happen then when cases and things were a lot more I guess I don't know what's the word that I want to use, but more, I guess, intense. Like, it's not going to happen now. I doubt it. Yeah. Yeah. I feel like if they would have done that early, they would have got everybody with, like, the fear factor. And everybody right. would have been like, all right, cool. You know, fuck it. We're just going to stay inside. I'm not going to yeah. go outside. I don't want to get fined. If I have to go, I'm just going to go get food and stuff, get my essentials. But they treated it like it's like, all right, you can go outside. But if you go outside, just make sure you're safe. And it's like. Mm-hmm. You can't if you're really trying to eradicate something, you can't you can't move like that. Cause now if they were to say that people are gonna really lose their shit, it's like, no, I've already been doing this. Like, cause there's right. people who have. You know, there's been yeah. people there's been people who have taken those like government or, you know, municipal orders to stay home and the stay home orders and all that very seriously. So it's like now you're gonna tell them that they now they can't do anything else, you know, more than what they were already not doing, like and you're just going to get so much pushback that like you it's not going to be it's not going to work and then on top of that you would have needed all that unemployment benefits then to mm-hmm. to cuz if you're going to shut everybody down how they're supposed to you know survive a lot yeah. of people don't have money you know and then anything that they would have had is probably stretched out now you know you don't you can't account for almost 8 months of the year of not working everybody saves a little bit but to get to eight months, like that's that's not a yeah. very normal level of saving. You know, most people have for three months, four exactly. months, six months. Nobody, it's rare to have people to have to have money to cover themselves for a whole year. Not only just expenses, but food. You know, just mm-hmm. regular necessities. So, I it's I, it's a hard call to tell them to every everybody to shut down again. You know, so I don't yeah. think that's even on the table anymore. Yeah, I don't think so either. Right, yeah. but um. In wrapping up, what do you what do you think is like the best advice for? I want to say people our age specifically because the people older than us they'd be wilding, and then the people younger than us, 
probably don't listen to anything we say anyway. So what do you got for our peers? Um, so pertaining to COVID? Yeah, just, well, COVID and then moving forward, you know, past this time. Because, I mean, if 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 we make it past, you know, God willing we do, we're going to have to figure some shit out after, like, you know? Um, uh, so I, the last time I was on, um, your podcast, well, you and Malk's podcast, um, I said, so this is such a strange time and this is never going to happen in our lifetime. Probably. I mean, I hope I don't have to live through another pandemic, but cause I hope this is a one in a hundred years thing. Cause I don't want to go through this again, but this is a really weird time. So this is probably the only time, I guess, in all my life or in all our lives, even in our parents' lives, where everything has kind of stopped. And even though we've gone back to some form of like normalcy in some way, whatever this new normal is, I think this is such a good time to just like, I don't want to, I don't like saying focus on yourself, but like more so figure yourself out. So whatever, whatever you didn't have time for before, find the time now or like new hobbies that you want to explore. I know like lately I've been running a lot. That's something I've always wanted to do. So I have the time now that I'm not spending going out and drinking or traveling. Like now I have the time to like do this. So I think this is a great time to just like figure yourself out, like figure out what what you want to do going forward or make plans for the future like oh, okay well when this is over i'm gonna do this or i'm gonna set this goal because i've been wanting to do this for so long and i haven't done it i'm gonna do this so yeah that's, that's a good my, one. my piece of advice <laughs> i guess i would just say i mean like be selfish but be selfless at the same time so really like consider other people um don't take things for granted I feel like a lot of us took so many things for granted like just the idea of like walking into a store and like buying groceries and little things like that um just being a little more mindful right uh, and wash your hands because <laughs> people just don't do that apparently well, one, one thing I want to add to just be nice to people yeah but, be yeah. courteous so I've noticed that, like, I don't know, I feel like, I guess, since I've been so busy, like, before, I mean, I'm sure you guys are the same way. I literally get up, I go to work, I go to the gym, I come back, I cook dinner, do laundry, go to sleep, repeat. And I feel like I'm just, like, tune the world out, mm-hmm. you know, like, just, just forget about everything. And I feel like I've, I, I didn't even know what my neighbors look like, like, that's crazy to me. Yeah. <laughs> and like I feel like now since I'm like going for like walks and stuff, I like made it a thing. I'm like, if I see my neighbors, I'm gonna say hi to my neighbors. That's they probably nice. think I'm weird, but I'm gonna say hi to them. Like I just <laughs> feel like you don't know when people are going through this time, whether it be financially, emotionally, physically, like the least thing that you could do is be like that ray of like sunshine, even if it's just saying hi. Yeah. So I've made it a point in my life and I hope other do other people do too. And like just be nice to people. Like people are going through some shit right now. So Facts. that's the and least that you can do. <laughs> Facts. And you don't you don't know what the next person is going through. So that's huge. Yeah. yeah. I th- I think the same, you know, I'm on the same boat. I've been running, I've been doing like four miles here and there. Thank um, you. Yeah, <laughs> um 
You know, I always try to smile at people because I already look threatening with a beard. So if I'm running somewhere, I smile and, like, give them a nod or something like that. It's hard um, with the mask, though. <laughs> you know, for, and honestly, when I run, I don't even wear a mask. I do, like, yeah, a bandana. Me either. So yeah. it's like, I, yeah. look, I look real crazy, and I like to have a hoodie, too. So I just like to make sure that I'm, like, have a, a nice, you know, look on my face when they look at me. I don't want them to feel threatened. Listen, so, man, as long as they can see your cheeks, you're good. Right? <laughs> and then, like, on top of that, like, I've been home. Like I said, I haven't worked since since March. And I I literally did that. I found things that I I, I used to do that I, I do again. Like, I used to run. Um, I used to do podcasts. I used to play a lot of video games. And, I, I mm-hmm. like, I'm back into it, but in a different mode. Like, I, I like to use it for something now like for example bringing you two together i don't i don't know if you guys would have ever met if this you know if this never happened so it's like i've i've been a little more creative with everything that i've liked to do and i'm kind of like fine-tuning it to see you know what it turns into going forward but i think everything you said was literally on point and i can't add anything more to that so i just want (laughs) to thank you ladies i appreciate you both for coming on thank you congratulations on everything you've accomplished and everything you will accomplish you guys are like a great representation and i'm proud to know both of you awesome you're welcome Um, until next time everybody i'll catch you again bye guys bye